Welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm Mikey, joined by my co-host Sam. Hope you guys are all doing well today. We have a very special guest, very special episode for you playing today. Please welcome to the show, South Dakota State tight end Tucker Kraft. Tucker, thank you so much for joining the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's my pleasure. So, you know, it's off-season right now. Talk to us a little bit about the off-season training going on, what you've done this spring, what are your plans this summer to have another strong season? Um, so we opened up the spring, just a lot of conditioning and heavy lifting, we got in spring ball, um, got all the fine tuned details of the offense styled in, um, especially help for the younger guys. Um, uh, but right after the spring ball, I went down to Nashville for two weeks at Lipscomb Academy where they host tight end U and I got a lot of, uh, position and professional development done, um, especially from a strength conditioning standpoint too. It's not just like a skills development. Um, like I learned how to sprint again, I guess you could say, um, running off the field, a lot of focus on acceleration. Um, I learned, I, there wasn't a single day I was there where I, I wasn't with a pro or a vet or an all pro guy. Um, so a lot of knowledge was put upon me and I, I learned a lot myself about the game, about the process. Um, what I can look forward to in the next year, year and a half with this potentially being my last season. Um, so I guess uh, being in Nashville, I, I picked up a lot, especially learning about the game itself. But right now we just started team workouts and we are, we're about due for a trip to the Natty again. So that's what we're working on and we're, we're excited as a program. Hey, man, I love that. I, did, I actually didn't know you were going to tight end you. And um, just a quick follow-up question about that. Obviously, you were probably surrounded by a lot of talented guys professionally. Who are some guys that you're going to try to model your game after going into next season and even beyond that you uh, were fortunate enough to get to meet in the uh, past week or so? Yeah, well, when I was down there, um, I was fortunate enough to train with a uh, guy who just got drafted. Um Jake Ferguson, he's going to the Cowboys. And then uh, TJ Hawkinson was there as well. So those are some guys I, I got to watch. I got to see um, the work they put in. And then TJ, obviously, he's been in the league for a while now. Um, and, you know, I kind of fangirled those guys when I was when I was there. They're uh, obviously in a place that I want to be. So um, I just kind of took a step back. I didn't try to make things a competition. I tried to, to do my best for the same time near what they were doing how they carried themselves so um just like things that they were doing they're getting from point a to b faster but with less steps um just like stuff like that so it was it was cool being around that talent um guys who have played the game a lot longer than i have you know i've only actually played in one and a half seasons we played in the spring season um the scs league and then we played in the um this last fall back to back over 25 games played. So it was, uh, it was a lot easier of a learning curve for, uh, for a younger guy like me to play in the spring season than immediately go into the fall. You know, we, cause we started summer workouts, seven on sevens and, um, on air team stuff. So it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty easy to understand the playbook and then just get going right in the fall. But yeah, when I was down there, it was, it was fun. I mean, that sounds incredible. Most uh, players who go there, I'm sure, get a lot better. I heard George Kittle talking about how awesome it was last year. And, I mean, the social media, a lot of guys were saying 
overall just a great over uh environment for learning and getting better on and off the field and then kind of segueing into your time at South Dakota State we're from Long Island New York and you're living right now in South Dakota I mean I don't think it could be any more different like we were laughing joking I can't even imagine what it's like so talk us through like your daily day you look outside like what do you see like just kind of talk us through that yeah um kind of the dad of my household I do I do a lot of the the cooking the the handyman stuff I take a lot of pride in the the lines I leave in my lawn but uh we we see all phases of the season right now it's it's about to be 90 degrees um and then just a couple months ago there's still snow on the ground so it uh it shifts fast I mean you probably know that you're not dumb or anything you would you would understand the the way the midwest and the weather shifts and everything like that so but um south dakota is windy very very windy we have we have some of the nice facilities in the fcs we have a great indoor facility that we we use the heck out of um but the thunderstorms around here are crazy too but uh yeah south Dakota state we get uh we get about fifteen thousand people at max to our our home games um that's that's full crowd that's sellout so um, that's the one thing we miss, um, exposure wise compared to FBS programs, especially because you have to pay a subscription to watch our game live. Um, and that was one of the hardest things, like thinking back to the spring, um, before the transfer portal closed, like, do I see myself leaving this place? And at the end of the day, I just had to, I had to think away from, from the money that the NIL side of football was offering and uh just think of myself as a kid trying to make it and and leaving south coast state wouldn't have helped my draft stock at all um you know i'm already i'm already seated pretty well in that aspect so leaving the place that made me um wouldn't have been in my best interest for sure totally and then you know you mentioned the nil so just kind of want to hear your thoughts obviously it's relatively new collegiate athletes can now make money off their name and their brand do you view this as a positive thing for collegiate athletes you know what was your first impressions and what is your stance on it right yeah um i had a lot of crazy stuff happen to me right before the portal closed like of like third parties of major fps programs reaching out to me and essentially saying like hey we kind of need you on the roster. Would you be interested in transferring to this team? Um, and if you did, we would set you up nicely, essentially. So that was, that was one thing, um, that I saw as, I mean, it was positive because you can, young guys, um, can profit off the hard work that they put in and women, young, young men and women. But, um, I think right now it's, it's crazy. Um, head coach of Ohio State was talking to, um, like his collective, and he said, for us to keep our roster intact right now, we need $13 million. That's just, that blows my mind, that that you can't just play football to have, to have fun anymore. Now it's about money. Um, I, I see this as a joy. Um, uh, you know, I when when the time comes that I I play my games on Sundays, um, it's, it's never going to be about the money. Of course, I want to set up generational wealth for my children and their children. Um, and I want to take care of my family and the people that made me the man I am today, but it will never be about the money. It'll be about playing the sport that I love. And the moment that I, that I'm not playing it because I love to play it, then that's the time that I, I should probably hang my cleats up.
Nah, man, for sure. Like, even, like, looking at, like, the Jordan Addison situation with USC, like, USC, obviously a very amazing program, and it's been historically relevant. But the fact that there's been rumors with boosters, obviously it's great when you see these athletes, like, profiting. But at the same time, like, when it turns into a free-for-all with free agency, it, it might ultimately hurt um, the football and college football as a whole. But just segueing back into your recruitment process, obviously – you were kind of a, a Swiss army sword in a sense in high school. You played running back, quarterback, little receiver. You played a little bit on defense. When in your recruitment process, what, what position were these schools looking at uh, for you to play? And what did your recruitment process look like as a whole? Um, my recruitment process was probably the historical short. I, it was probably about two weeks. Um, I the OC at the time here at South Dakota State was sifting through some film. My name came up. They invited me to a camp that I had already paid for back in February or something. And uh, I came here and then like two days after the camp, I got an offer from Coach Sigelmeyer. So that was that. But it was like, that just opened up like a whole can of worms. Like I, I didn't post a single offer. Um, I walked away with, from that camp with probably an offer from every single division two school in the nearby conference from where I live. So um, that was cool. And I was really excited about that because I saw many avenues for success, even just playing division two ball. My brother played division two ball. My dad played in the NIA. NIA. Um, so I, I just didn't think there's anything wrong with that. But then South Coast State knocked on the door and I answered. I was the first commit in my class. And then a few months down the road, I started getting attention from other FBS schools. Um, I took a visit down to Iowa State. I went to Wyoming. Um, but ultimately I, ultimately, I decided that I wanted to be a jackrabbit. Um, it was it was fast, and I really just kind of sat back and enjoyed every breath of it, except for like the last two weeks where I didn't know where I was going to go for sure. So that, that was the only stress I really had in my recruitment. But in high school, it was just different for me. I feel like a lot of teams couldn't take a chance on me because I played nine-man football. and that's not real football, apparently, from what I've told, um, what I've been told since I, uh, I've been here. People make jokes from the side came from such a small area. People just make jokes about how I, I played three-man basketball. But uh, that's it's a little crap. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm a huge advocate for, for kids thinking that they can't make it just because of where they come from, because I'm a prime example of me and, and many, many other people. Um, we're a small voice, but um, I feel like we can make the largest impact on kids, especially from the community where I come from, where I w I'm the only kid to ever go play Division One sport for my school. Um, Division Two is the highest that has ever come out of Timberlake, South Dakota. So um, I'm just a, a, a large advocate for kids and them believing in themselves and taking the extra steps in nutrition and fitness for them to make that next leap. Wow. That's really interesting. I mean, the nine on nine football thing is not something you hear every day. So kind of what was that transition like playing nine on nine in high school, playing all those positions to then having a more set position at South Dakota state, obviously a very big program with a lot of guys on the field, you know, kind of talk about how that transition was like for you. Yeah, all the camps I went to, I went to as a receiver or a tight end. So that was always kind of clear. Um, but the nine man 
football, it, it's very simple. It makes special teams a lot harder. It used to be played on an 80-yard field, but it, uh, most schools just had 100. Um, the only difference, really, is they take out your offensive tackle, so it goes center guard, tight end. Um, I didn't play tight end in high school at all, like maybe three snaps in my entire career. Um, but on defense, they take out a safety and a D lineman. So you get usually just a three-man front, three linebackers, two corners of safety, and then you on offense you have whatever amount of receivers and running backs you want, but then just five offensive linemen counting two tight ends or just one tight end. I mean, that is that's awesome. I I think it opens the field up more. You got guys with speed especially get to showcase that. There's just a lot more space. Uh, that's awesome. It seems like it ended up suiting you really well uh, in college and hopefully on Sundays in the future. And then uh, kind of talking about like the NFL draft and next season, obviously you're very happy where you are today. You're extremely grateful for, you know, coming from a small town and working your way up, but what goals do you have on a personal note for next season? And obviously more importantly as a team. Yeah. Um, Obviously, my goal individual is uh, catch a lot of balls and run a lot and get a lot of pancakes. That's just um, run blocking is, is it's one of the, the more fun aspects as a tight end. Um, but the tight end position is really changing. You know, like I think you're either a tight end or you're not. I don't I don't believe that there are people who exist as slot tight ends. You're either a tight end or you're either going to put your hand on the ground and drive a six technique off the ball, board drill style and try to plant him on his back or or you're going to, you know, be busy in the red zone. But um, my team, they like to play me a lot in the open field. I get double teamed a lot because um, I got I got a lot of skills in my bag. Um, I'm going to run a 7-4-6. I, I can cut on, a, cut on a dime when just about 260 pounds. So, but uh, that, that came from a lot of work. Um, and a, a lot of like extra things I had to do to take care of my body so I can, I can move like that. So also great genetics. My dad, he, he had a very small stint in the NFL too. He weighed, he was six four two forty. 240. Um, he was a genetic freak though, but yeah. So my, my goal for next season, um, mainly just as a team, obviously a national championship, but we got to take it one game at a time. We have a pretty tough schedule next year. Um, play, Obviously, a lot of conference opponents. Um, Missouri, Missouri Valley just changed. We brought in some uh, some bigger schools, and added it to it. So um, we're excited to take this next step, but we just got to take it one week at a time, one rep at a time, six seconds at a time. It's really how simple it is if you break it down. You, you don't need to worry about the next play until you play your last play. So um, obviously, individual goals. I, I want to get somewhere in the same benchmark I did last year, maybe even more. Um, I want to be one of the best tight ends to come out of my school. And that's hard to do when Dallas Goddard graduated here in 2018, I believe. Um, and he's like second, third highest paid tight end in the league right now. So he was a great athlete. I, he played nine man football too. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm constantly being compared to him every single year, year in and year out. Um, we both complement each other very well in athleticism. Obviously he's, He's up a level now um, in the NFL, but I believe that uh, um, when the time comes, him and I will be very similar, 
he's better, I'm worse, or I'm better, he's worse. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, just the culture matters. Um, and how we display ourselves is, is jackrabbits. Um, obviously, yeah, national championships goal, one game at a time. But uh, I also this year want to just become closer with my teammates and make sure that they can trust me in, in situations. Last year, I felt like I was I was too kiddish and I wasn't really trusted on the third medium where I constantly was probably checked down to in that two minute third medium manageable situation and, and then converted. But yeah, I just want to just change things, be a little more mature this year and, uh, and play hard. I don't want people to think that because I'm, I'm thinking about coming out after this year like that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play balls out. So that's, that's what I want to do. I want to have their trust in me as well. I love that. I think it's a great mentality. I think you've got some really great goals. And then something we kind of ask a lot of the um, collegiate athletes, especially that we interview, you've obviously had a very young career so far, a lot of more years to come, but who have been some of the people in your life that have been the biggest supporters for you that have helped you going throughout your whole, throughout your whole career so far? You know, obviously my, my family, my dad passed away when I was 12. Um, and he was, he was a great athlete and um, a member of our community that people like always look to. He worked for the city. He was a trucker. He was a coach. He ranched. He was a pilot. Like he did everything. Um, so that's something that I always try to take in myself. I don't know if I would still be at South Dakota State University if, if you were alive. We, we came from a ranching community. Maybe that day I would have, I would have been helping him out and I wouldn't have been able to take that time to get to the weight room for an hour and a half. So it's just small things like that that I'm grateful for the time that I had with my father. Um, but at the same time, you know, things happen for a reason. I'm willing to accept that um, as a consequence of, of his death. So me having to mature a lot faster as a, as a middle schooler, um, that put me in the place I am today. So I'm always going to be grateful for the time I had with my father, but my mom, you know, she had to play dad a lot. My brothers did too. So obviously them, my mom's, she's a badass. Um, my stepdad, he's, he's a great, he's an amazing dad too. So I'm very grateful for those people I have in my life, but I got, I got some really great friends here too. And that's, that's a big reason why I could transfer. I couldn't leave them. Um, those are the, the guys that are, that are going to be in my wedding and, and that's that. But my family back home is a huge reason of why I'm doing what I'm doing because you know that's that's that small circle you come from a small town your, your circle is even smaller so um I get an influx of agent calls to the point sometimes I'm not used to those that amount of phone calls maybe an uncle grandparents or like things like that every once in a while but uh not like in the last two months probably 30 different agents trying to hit you up it's it's crazy it's <laughs> just thinking about changing your numbers sometimes but um, FCS coaches and the community that surrounds them, they make you really feel like family too. So um, I guess just keeping that small circle around you, is, it's really important. And I absolutely love that answer. I love how you have such a great support system, which will take you far in life, not only on the football field, but of course off the field. And you're definitely making a big impact on your community. On a lighter note, I'm going to ask you about the NFL right now. Uh, some t like a tight end question. If there's a sleeper tight end that you think will lead the league in yards, a sleeper tight end, I'm going to have to go with 
with DG, baby. Dallas Goddard, Fly Eagles Fly. He's uh he's the Jackrabbit alum and he's someone that I uh I look up to try to every day to break his weight room records and uh, every day to break his on field records. But um he's number one for sure. Number two, probably gonna have to go with either Hawkinson or maybe Waller. If if I'm trying Waller's an older guy. He's he's had a very distinguished career. Um but that's that's who I can name without without getting into the top list of guys. He used to be the top list of guys, but um, he's a really good role player, in my opinion. Especially with with Adams now, it's probably going to be harder for him to get. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But I would have said Tanyan, but he's coming off of his ACL surgery. And Mercedes Lewis is kind of a traditional why. He likes to get his – they like to put him in the ground um, on line of scrimmage. But – you know, obviously, you're going to have guys like, like Kelsey who are kind of catch-first tight ends. Um, he's extremely underpaid, which is, you know, obviously not in my business. But uh, I would figure that out if I were him. But, you know, then you have guys like Kittle, who he, he grades out so well because not only can he catch the rock and run, but he's a monster in the um, in the trenches on a lot of scrimmage. So he, he has amazing footwork and hand placement too i i like to watch a lot of him and his he pretty much puts a clinic on about every single time he steps on the field so yeah those those are my votes well i think my pick is dalton schultz i feel like there's a lot of uh targets uh, available with like the departure of amari cooper and especially like with the improvements in that division i feel like they might have to air the ball out a little bit more uh when they're behind maybe against the eagles or even the commanders and i think like someone as a dark horse to lead the league in touchdowns for tight ends, maybe Pat Fryermuth. I feel like he had a very Yeah, I, spe- I think Kasicki. he makes he makes some circus freak catches. He's a, he he's a red zone target for sure. And especially, I feel like they're gonna put like a lot of DBs on Hill, and Gasicki's like a pretty fast dude for a tight end. So I think yeah. that might open up because he was getting guarded by number one cornerbacks last year. So I think it's definitely a good sign for him moving forward. Yeah. All right. And then our final question for you today is a question that we ask a lot of the athletes we interview. You're obviously very young and you have a whole career ahead of you, but when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to look like? What do you want to be remembered on both on and off the field? I just want people to to tell stories about how I I left nothing at the chance. I emptied the tank every single time I stepped on the field and I, I really competed with uh, a lot of confidence and exuberance and I, I radiated that out of my teammates too. I was someone they could look to. Um, say, say we're down, headed into a two-minute drive to win the game. You know, I'm someone that they can look to um, to get the ball to, and they can electric play, and uh, and just just radiate that on my teammates. Get them to accept that that we're not down and out. We're we're ready to come back and win this thing. So, it just an empty the tank philosophy, burn the ships. You know, whatever whatever it takes, really. Man, absolutely love that answer. Thank you so much for joining us. We're absolutely thrilled to watch you play next season. And hopefully, you know, all things go well for you. And we'll love to see you get drafted next year. But best of luck this offseason. And uh, we'll be in touch with you. Iowa, September 3rd, live TV, boys. We'll be there. We'll be there. Don't worry. All right. Peace, bro. All right, see you. Thank you, Tucker.